Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, February 5th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And, you know, I wasn't going to mention it, but now I'm forced to, Coach, because right before we started, you mentioned that it's Friday, February 5th, three Fs. <laughs> and it is alliteration Friday here in the NBA. We've got the Pelicans and Pacers, Timberwolves and Thunder, Celtics and Cavaliers. So there you go. Fantastic, man. I love it. I do too. It's uh it's a it's an exciting slate here. Some really exciting games, including Pelicans, Pacers, Celtics, Cavaliers, and Raptors Nets. So those are the ones we're gonna enjoy watching the most. And I am anticipating that we'll have a significant amount of ownership from those games. Yeah. Um Looking at the slate as a whole, we have 11 of the 18 teams involved in a back-to-back, and three of three of these games are going to be rematches tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, everybody will will uh, be ready for tomorrow's podcast when you're solo breaking down these rematches. And with the totals here, we have one 230 and one 240. That Raptors Nets game, uh, that one's going to be a key one on this slate. I love it, man. I, what a basketball weekend. I mean, we've got, and leading up to the Super Bowl, we've got the nine games tonight. We have 11 tomorrow. And then, believe it or not, on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, there's six. And they all start before uh, 2 p.m. my time, 3 p.m. Eastern. So, uh, by the way, we're going to do, I'll do the podcast for tomorrow, regular time. But uh, I'm going to post Sunday's podcast Saturday night because all the games are early, uh, so they, you know, get them out of the way for the Super Bowl. So we have, you know, just a plethora, uh, 26 NBA games to choose from in the next basically 48 to 72 hours. So how much fun is that? And then that all leads to the Super Bowl Sunday night. So, man, what a fun weekend of sports. And in the background, we're going to try to squeeze in watching a little bit of golf, too. All right. So we I don't know. This is where we got we got to break out the multiple televisions. I think is the only only way to do it. Well, the, and the twenty six NBA games leading to the Super Bowl also leads to our new three day membership that we launched yesterday. So that's right. Take advantage of it. Join us for this weekend. It's a huge weekend, and so we wanted to give you that opportunity to check us out. So go to our website dfscoachtalk.com. Pick up that three day membership. We will send you an email, get you into our Discord. That's where we give out the lineups. NBA lineups post about 20 to 30 minutes before tip-off. And we give out full uh, cash lineups on FanDuel, every slate, and a full GPP lineup. And then the DraftKings Coaches Clipboard, which was successful again last night with core plays highlighted and pivots. Yeah. Uh, That's how we do it. And you forgot again. I, I would never forget Yahoo for oh. our man Leonidas and and uh, everyone That's else. Right. So you're yep. trying to forget. We've well. been we've been smoking Yahoo, man. It's been awesome. Um, I'll tell you what. For that new three day pass for ten bucks, considering all the games that you'll get in basketball and football, and tonight we also release our weekend golf slate. So I think it'll come out to about four cents per selection. <laughs> right. <laughs> You yep. should that that should turn around a good ROI, I think. Definitely. We hope so. <laughs> so let's build some winning lineups here tonight for this nine game NBA slate. Let's start with the Pelicans and Pacers. Okay. That's seven o'clock Eastern tip, two twenty-eight and a half total, and the Pacers favored by one. So it uh, could be a nice battle here. 
these teams had a close one when they met earlier in the season, went to overtime, 118-116. Yeah. Uh, tonight, it looks to me like we have everybody healthy in this game. Coach, break it down for us. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting game, and a 228 and a half is a nice total, but there's so many games and so many to choose from. I don't know how much I'll be loading up on this game, but I, I do love the low spread. Uh, defensively, uh, the Pelicans are 23rd and Indiana's 15th. So it's not like they're really stopping people, but pace wise, it's the same thing right in the middle of the pack. They're 18th and 12th. So, you know, it's, there's certainly great buy-up options here. I mean, Sabonis is playing all-star basketball. There's no doubt about that. Um, and also Brogdon, uh, becomes very, uh, interesting because I'm, I'm Lonzo's not the best defender, and you know, but Brogdon's price is fairly high. Those are the two go to guys for me on Indiana. But if you're looking for value, I'll tell you, I've scattered in Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday throughout the week, and they're getting big minutes and they're producing. Uh, Indiana's playing really good ball, so I have no problem going with a few Indiana guys, I just don't want to take up all my spots and and I want to be consistent with uh, the pricing today. But I do like some of those guys on the Indiana side and on the Pelican side, uh, not as crazy about Zion today. I think with that interior defense of Turner uh, playing phenomenal and blocking shots and getting stuff done in the paint and Sabonis, they've got enough meat and height, uh, I think, to give uh, him a little bit of trouble. Um, you know, the guy that I would lean more towards if I was to roster one Pelican would be Ingram. But again, he's fairly expensive. You know, he'll get a rotation of defenders like Lamb and Holiday, which are are decent. So um, probably not going to go Pelican's way. I don't feel that you have to really dig deep on any of the super value guys like Hart or anything. Uh, but I, I would like to get a roster or I'm sorry, I'd like to roster a pacer or two if possible. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not ready to get a bunch of ownership here out of this game. Um, you know, the interesting thing is because the stars are reasonably priced, you could stack this game. If you make multiple lineups, you could get five guys from this lineup and, and hope that it goes to overtime or at right. least goes down to the wire. I mean, it certainly could. And, no uh, question. You know, so, so significant percentage of NBA games do go to overtime. And when you stack that game, I mean, that is the best situation. I mean, look at you know, look at Brogdon, eight thousand, Sabonis, eighty six, um, Ingram and Zion, ju- just over eight thousand. So tempting. It is tempting, uh, and you know, if if you don't go that route, which I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to stack this game for my primary lineup. I agree, Ingram probably the guy I like the most. You know, he was very good against them last time out. Um, you know, and it will be tougher for Zion, who, by the way, looked awesome against Phoenix yeah. in the paint, just dominant. And he's a beast. Fun to watch. And by the way, they said, I think it was, it, it jumped out at me. His only, his 43rd NBA game. And it feels like he's been around for so much longer than that. I know. He's just going to get better and better. He needs yeah, he to really work is. on that three. I mean, his outside shots looking very shaky. People yeah. are going to start really playing off of him, but. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a great one. Yeah, and the, you know the good thing for him is even if they give him space, that just gives him more room to get started on his drive. Yeah, and he'll drive left or right. So 
I just how many I just love how much him. would somebody have to pay you to take just a, a full straight on charge from him at full speed? <laughs> You'd feel that one for a few days, no doubt. Oh my god, I'd have to have a lung replacement probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to game two because I'm not really interested in any value plays here. Although I will mention Willie Hernan Gomez, he got 19 minutes last game. Jackson Hayes did not play, yeah. so. He's a value center to keep an eye on here if he's going to stick in that rotation. Okay. All right, game two, we've got the Bulls and Magic. This is one of those games where it's the front end of a back-to-back where they're going to have a rematch tomorrow in the same spot. Yeah. And the news here, we've got Otto Porter out for the Bulls again. Uh, Aaron Gordon still out for the Magic, as is Michael Carter-Williams. They have waived Jordan Bone. They've signed Frank Mason. So there's mm. the backup point guard to keep an eye on at minimum price on both yeah. sites. We have a 223 and a half total. Bulls favored by two and a half. And the Bulls are surprising here that they're number three in pace. Magic still slow and, and not good offensively. Uh, but both teams here are in the 20s defensively. So there could be some points scored. And a couple positions that we look at. We look at... Uh, you know, guards against the magic. And let's not forget what, about what Fred Van Vliet just did to these guys. 77 fantasy points and 54 real points. Jeez. And now we've got Levine in that spot. So I like Zach Levine tonight. Uh, in terms of the other Bulls, man, Thaddeus Young paid off for us again last slate. Now he's priced up over 6000 on both sites. A little bit yeah. tougher to get to. With the magic, I kind of like... Uh, well, what I was hoping for was a better price on Fournier because we also like to attack the Bulls' backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Cole Anthony and Fournier, those, those are the guys I was I was hoping to have better prices on, but we didn't get them. I mean, Fournier at 62 and 67, not what I was looking for. So more, more of a GPP play there. Um, Vukovic always in play as a cash option. So I may actually get uh, one or two guys out of this game in most of my lineups. Yeah, I think this is a sneaky game. I like this game. I, I think it'll go under-owned for the potential of some really good performances here. I've mentioned a few podcasts in a row uh, to attack that you know Chicago backcourt. Uh, they just they are not good defensively, but you know in this I think Fournier just he's so points dependent it scares me. And Anthony on a big slate like this, I'm not going to really go there. But I'm going to look at the other side, believe it or not, is I I think Levine, even though he's expensive, uh, he came up in quite a few stories the last few days that he may be traded, which is very bizarre. There, you know, I was surprised to hear that the Bulls would trade him. Not sure what the motivation for that is, unless they're just on a they think they can get a huge haul and rebuild. I don't know. But, uh, man, if he's on the trade block and they're going to, you know, he's going to step it up and maybe he knows this is his chance to get out of this, you know, lousy Bulls team and get with somebody that could win it. Uh, you know, he doesn't need a lot of extra motivation. Fournier's a bottom 10 in all of shooting guards defensively uh, in DRPM. And, you know, they may switch a few guys on him, but I really like Levine here. I'm not afraid to pay up. Uh, I really think he's a solid play. And on the other side, we talked a a bit about it before the podcast. You know, it's it's hard sometimes to get to Vukovic price-wise 
from Orlando. But man, what a nice little price. He's come down some. He fits here. We know the Bulls have been starting Gafford, but he's just playing a little bit. Then they've been going small with Thad Young or somebody at, at center for a time. And he'll chew those guys up that, that way. So uh, I know there's nine games. There's tons of huge spread uh, and huge total games coming up. But, man, I would love – my goal right now is to come out of this game with Levine and, and Vuk. Excellent. Yeah, I like that as well. All right, well, we, we do need some money for this next one because it's the highest total on the board. Raptors and Nets, 241 right now on betus.com.ca. Nice. Nets favored by five. Both teams on the front end of a back-to-back. Yeah. And the news with Toronto is that OG Ananobi is still out. Uh, everybody looks to to be good to go with Brooklyn, and they have signed Iman Shumpert. So he's available now. Yeah, the guy I couldn't think of his name on the right. broadcast. Here he is. <laughs> uh, so big game here on this slate, Coach. What are your thoughts? You know, this this game is incredible as far as the potential here, but it's also going to be over-owned, and these guys are very overpriced. So it's hard for me to just, you know, unload on this game. I think a lot of people are going to use, you know, north of 50 to 60% of their salary on this game. And I understand that. I mean, Brooklyn hasn't stopped anybody. We talked about it last time. They're on a historic pace offensively and unfortunately for them on the defensive side as well. So you've got to consider it. You know, this is, you know, if you notice, and you know, we've done this for so long, you know, my patterns. I almost never points chase. In fact, if somebody has a huge monster game like Van Vliet, I'm almost guaranteed to fade him the next day. You know how I do with that. I just, I think that's one of the the biggest rookie mistakes. And because there's so many new people coming into DFS is they'll see somebody have a monster game and they'll points chase that very next game, even if it's a, a you know, average player. And that's such a massive trap that people fall into, you know, and they got to remember some things happen between that last performance in this game. Like that guy used a phenomenal amount of energy and played tremendous minutes to get to that number. I mean, Van Vliet set the franchise record with 54 points of any Raptor in history. We're talking Vince Carter, all the big boys. So, you know, to do that, you have to expend a lot of energy. Secondly, you know, in prep preparing for this team, uh, Brooklyn, even though they're bad defensively, they know Van Vliet is hot. They know that, you know, he's a guy they need to stop. So they'll, I'm sure, talk about it in their walkthrough to, to key on him and not let him go off and keep up that pace. So I want to remember or remind people of that because it's, you know, I think a lot of people will default right to Van Vliet. I want to go the other direction like I normally do. And I like Lowry better. I like because he's cheaper. I think that he's fresher. You know, if he gave up a lot of shots in that fourth quarter to feed Van Vliet to get that record. And if you saw him after that game, it was sheer joy that he had for Van Vliet. Did you see in the locker room when they sprayed the bottles? I mean, it was just really cool. And Toronto, had, I mean, he's, he's a great teammate. I think they have a good situation, though, even though they're not winning a lot of games. But I... I uh, because Irving's defense is so poor, again, he's a bottom 15 guy in the league for point guards, um, DRPM. So I like I like uh, the correlation in this game is going to be very simple for me. 
And, uh, you know, I know you'll see as some of these games coming up, I'm going to go for some value. But I like Lowry. I like KD. If you look back through basketballreference.com and see KD's performances at different spots where he was when they played Toronto, OG Ananobi has been an irritant for him. You know how some guys bother people. And he's a great defender anyway. And he's strong, which makes up for the height difference. But he's out. And so that leaves probably Pascal Siakam, who would rather get the ball and go score it than play D on this side. And, you know, I just, I think Durant's the play. He's very, very expensive. Uh, But if I go in this game, which a lot of people may think, hey, these three guys are going to split it. I'm not going to go with uh, anybody in Brooklyn. But I think that Lowry and Van Vliet, even though they're smaller, they're strong defenders. They both are in the top five in the league and taking charges. Can you imagine having two guards out there that are in the top five and taking charges? They'll do that. So I don't. I think Harden and um, uh, Kyrie are slowed down a little bit, and I would love to go KD and follow up on the other side uh, with Lowry. And I will say. You know, because of the game flow and the extra possessions, I mean, in Brooklyn games, there's like eight or nine extra possessions, and there can be five or six point DFS points attached to each possession. So if you're talking 55 to 60 extra points, you've got to look at the ancillary guys, you know, like Joe Harris and all these guys that are, uh, you know, priced well. And I know I went really long on that game, but I think it's it's going to be the key game of the night for people who are either going to load up on it, fade it. Uh, I want to cherry pick it with the guys I mentioned, and I think that'll be a real uh, slate shifter right there. Yeah, I agree with a lot there. I do prefer Lowry here. He's my favorite play in the game. And he quietly had a triple-double in that last game while Van Vliet was going off for the points. And he's got that good matchup against uh, Kyrie and Harden. But I, I also want to give my two cents on the points chasing topic, because for me, I don't really use that term or think of it. And I look at I try to look at each game, each matchup in its own context. And okay. if that means playing a guy after he's had a good game or a good stretch, I'll do it. If I think something has changed, then I'll avoid it. But I, I don't like to either play or not play a player just because he had a good game or a bad game, because I think players can get in, in streaks, good sure. and bad, especially with these perimeter shooters. Um, and so I, you know, w- when I look at uh, what happened in the last game for any player, uh, one of the big issues is, yeah, how did he play? But it's also how many minutes did he get? How many shots did he get? Who else was out there? What's the rotation? And I'm yeah. looking more at, at opportunity and and then if it's a certain matchup, like you mentioned, Duran against OG, that's one of the reasons I look at past matchups, because mm-hmm. to me, it's not points chasing or avoiding points chasing if there's a certain matchup where a guy's either good or bad. Because for me, I want to see, has anything changed? I mean, if OG always shuts Durant down, then I'm going to avoid Durant if OG is out there, um, right. most likely, unless something has changed. So that's why I look at... Uh, box scores and past matchups so much. Uh, I, I agree with you, but I mean, I guess my point is this, you know, I'm Steve Nash this morning and we're going through walkthrough. You don't think there's a mention of, Hey, Van Vliet's on fire. 
let's not leave him open for three. He hit seven wide open threes last game. You know, cheat out on him. If you have to play off of one of the other guys, do it. That's all. You know, I mean, I'm just looking at it from the realistic coach standpoint of how are we preparing to play this team tonight? That's, but I get what you're saying too. And it's, it's a mesh of of both of them. And I'll tell you, it's what we offer here and what we do and talking this through like this, that is a whole different build than, than chucking all these stats into an optimizer and then just taking it because we're, I mean, we're walking through the scenarios and what's going on and how it's going to affect flow and, usage and that's how you come up with the best dfs picks there's no question about it and i and i don't say that to be cocky i just i mean we see it every every day every game every every slate and uh you know it's exciting so i love the the point counterpoint here but the only problem is if we take this long on every game it's going to be tip off time (laughs) yeah we won't but i also want to say i agree with i mean looking at uh game plans in every sport and how coaches adjust to recent performances i think that goes into it as well but with this one specifically, with Van Vliet, the other thing is, if it's Kyrie or, or Harden on him, are yeah. we really that scared about those guys' defense? I think no, no. Van Vliet can beat either one of them. You know, he's certainly quick enough to get around Harden. So I think he can still have a, a, a solid game, even if they do focus on him, especially with this, I mean, high pace. They're both top 10 in pace. Um, so there's going to be a lot of possession. So I think he can get it done. But with all that being said, I still do prefer Lowry tonight over Van Vliet. Don't be surprised if Brown doesn't start out on Van Vliet. Just just a, a wrench to throw in there, and they'll put Harden on one of the bigger guys. Just well, possible. if he starts, that's certainly possible. Um, yeah. You know that that gets me to the other topic here about the bigs. What happens with Brooklyn? You know, we we spent a lot of time on that last game, and they decided to use Jeff Green and mm-hmm. bring uh, DeAndre Jordan off the bench to guard Zubats. What do they do here? Maybe DeAndre Jordan starts tonight against Baines, uh, and then Green comes off the bench and has to deal with Boucher. And I, I mention this because you've got some you know, value-priced opportunities with Baines and Boucher. They're both in the mid-4K range on both sites. Uh, but I'm a little bit nervous about that situation because I don't know who's going to start and, and who's going to get how many minutes because Baines has been starting and getting a lot more minutes. Boucher has seen his minutes drop. But maybe, right. it, maybe that changes in a game like this. Because if Jordan starts and only plays 20 minutes and Baines does the same and then Boucher is playing when Green is playing, then this might be a chance to get Boucher all of a sudden back in the mix at a, at a good price. Well, his price has plummeted, but yeah. for some reason he's in Nurse's doghouse a little bit because he's had a few games with 13 minutes. And, and so it's a risk on a huge slate like this. I look at it as a timeshare. And you know me, as soon as I smell timeshare, I, I want no part of it. But... Uh, you know, you you bring a good point. At least we don't have to worry about Reggie Perry. He's he's swimming with the fishes down in the he's G down League. Down in the bubble. G League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, coach. Game four. Bucks and Cavs. Seven the other seven thirty tip. And I'll get I'll get through this one quickly. Yes. Uh big favorite here for the Bucks, of course, ten and a half. Uh over under two twenty six. This is another situation where they're gonna have a rematch tomorrow in the same place. And I'm looking at this as uh, you know, an opportunity for the Bucks to just sort of, pl- you know, mesh their minutes together, have their starters play 28, 29 minutes. Everybody gets a lot of run. Um, you know, th- that's what happens with uh, Milwaukee and Coach Bud, a la Coach Pop. And I think this is the perfect situation for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I'm not really looking to play anybody from Milwaukee. Uh, you know, I was thinking about Portis getting more minutes in a blowout, but his price is up now. So I'm not really looking there. And then on the Cleveland side, we've got Sexton questionable. And if he's out, then, you know, they might just get smashed. Yeah. Because uh, Nance is out as well. So if Sexton is out, then maybe a look at a, at one of the the wings for the Cavs, you know, Garland or, or Osmond, if if he gets the start, he's been priced down now because he hasn't been getting as many minutes. But this is most likely a pass game for me. Yeah, I, this is not a palatable game for me at all. I think, you know, Milwaukee has the biggest spread here, double digits. They certainly could blow them out because uh, Cleveland's so shorthanded and they're just you know, have no clue what they're doing with the drum and Allen thing. They're just a mess. I mean, they played decent ball and they won some games they weren't supposed to win. So I'll take my hat off to them for that. But I don't like this game. If Sexton sits, Garland's tempting, but he does get that dog Drew Holiday defense on him. Um, just, you know, uh, their average defense, you know, Cleveland is the fourth lowest pace, which will drag Milwaukee down a little bit. And it's hard to pull Cleveland up in the pace category. They just play slow, uh, which is I do the same thing. Try to shorten the game, have a better chance to win it as a much less talented team. But I'm with you. This game doesn't fit into the plans with everything. I don't even like the value plays here because they're not assured minutes. Uh, so I'm out on this one. Excellent. Let's go to the eight o'clock games, starting with Utah at Charlotte. Utah on a back-to-back. They beat Atlanta last night pretty easily. They're favored by eight in this 223 total. And with news, we have P.J. Washington out and Terry Rozier probable for Charlotte. Take this one for us. I'll tell you, man, Utah, I've just been like, why are they winning every stinking game? They're like 17-5, and five, or I believe. And- <laughs> they are. And they're not, are they, they're, they're not just skipping by teams. They're drilling them. I mean, they're often up 20, 25. It's just crazy. I mean, he's got them playing terrific team basketball because, you know, you look man for man and a lot of the teams there, they play. And if you had to just pick one of those rosters as a better team, they're not the team I'd pick in a lot of those scenarios. And then they still beat the, the tar out of teams. So you know, it's this is interesting. I mean, their defense is so solid. They're third now in the league, so that's going to be hard on Charlotte. Uh, we don't know. Uh, is, Rogier's questionable, correct? I see him as probable. All right, so he'll probably play, which is a bummer, because now you've got four guys they're going to try to play because Monk's been hot. So you've got their three regulars. It's just so crowded in that, uh, you know, backcourt. But they're they're short on the other side on the in the with PJ going down. So you know Cody Zeller having to go against you know Gobert is no cup of tea. Even though he's been making value every game he's played, uh, you know twenty fifth and and nineteenth in pace doesn't excite me. Utah could blow them out. I I don't know that for sure because Charlotte has played well, but I just can't you know, truthfully pick a guy out of this game that I'd say, yes, play him. The only guy that I will say is trending really, really well, and he happens to be one of my favorite shooters in the league that no one ever talks about, but he didn't start well the first 10 or 10 games or so, 
is Bog, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic because uh, he was coming off a very serious injury. So there were games, they were bringing him along slow. But now, take a look. You'll be stunned if you look at his last four games uh, in DFS. He has been scoring like a maniac, and he's even getting some ancillary uh, stats. So his price remains comfortable, so I think he would be the best play in the game. But I very well could also step away from this game with nobody. Yeah, I'm, I'm likely going to fade Utah here on the back-to-back and look at a potential value play for Charlotte. I'd like to see if Miles Bridges is going to start again with P.J. Washington out. If he does, he's only 4800 on FanDuel as a small forward. I like that. And then Hayward is still playable for me in the mid-7K range, uh, but not quite as excited about him in this tough matchup. Um, and yeah, Coach Snyder, man, wow, you got to tip your cap to him because they've got that third-ranked defense and fourth-ranked offense in terms of yeah. efficiency. That's the type of combo you see from teams that get to the conference finals and make the yes. playoffs every year. you got to have that top-10 offense and defense, and they are they are rolling along nicely. Yeah. They're covering the spreads, even though they're fairly big, like eight-and-a-half tonight. They seem to just smash those spreads all the time. Very impressive stuff. Yep. Next game, we have the Wizards and Heat. This is a rematch from Wednesday. Yeah. Lower scoring game. The Wizards pulled that one out, 103 to 100. Russell Westbrook did not play in that one. He should be back tonight. Raul Neto is still out. Uh, because it's Westbrook and Beal against the Heat in this slower pace game, the Heat 22nd in pace. Uh, and, you know, their defensive rank is lower than we would expect at 19th, but Butler's back in the mix. So right. I'm not not planning to use Westbrook or Beal. Uh, here's another value center I want to mention, Alex Len, who hasn't been consistently in the rotation. Coach Brooks seems to be playing the matchup game off the bench. Mo Wagner yeah. has gotten some run. But Len played 27 minutes against the Heat, I think, to guard Precious off the bench. And he got a couple minutes against Bam. So I like Len on... DraftKings only at 3300 as a GPP play if you want to pay down there uh, and hope that he gets 24 minutes again. On the Miami side, we've got the same crew out, Harkless, Silva. Now Avery Bradley's out for an extended period of time. Vincent and Dragic probable. So not planning to go with anyone here uh, out of those guards, you know, with enough of them playing Dragic, Hero, None, Vincent, if you know they're all in the mix, I'm not going to go there. Butler is playable for me, mid-8K range on both sites. Um, but I'm not going to have much exposure to this one. Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I really like the Heat tonight. I, I watched the end of that game. Uh, Heat are sort of my second favorite team, if you will. I went to a bunch of games when I lived in Miami for a couple of years there. And uh they're, you know, I, a huge, huge fan of Spolstra and Coach Riley's, you know, other than Coach Wooden sitting over my shoulder here, uh, Coach Riley's probably second on my coaching tree for uh, just, you know, amazement. Read his books, man. If you read his Showtime books and stuff and you want to, you love basketball or, or, or not even coaching, it's just basketball. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, I think they come out mad this game they were really pissed they lost that last game and they did give it away at the end they were pretty dejected i think they're going to play like a desperate team that they know if they don't start getting wins with a, a 10 game shortened season of 72 
they're not going to be able to catch up and make the playoffs. So, you know, it's Washington. They get a second shot at them right after losing to them. I just see them coming out and being hungry. So, you know, I know there's, again, I don't want to, you know, say play all these guys and they're all the high salary guys, but and I'm going to have to make some decisions and pivots. But Butler and Bam are both in play for me. I mean, I think they're both great plays because I think they're the two go-to guys. I think what you're going to see more of the secondary guys, now that Butler's back, he's got a few games under his belt, Bam's got his running mate back there, you're going to see all this craziness of them playing, you know, Duncan Robinson and even Hero and uh, Nunn and this Max Struess dude and uh, Iguodala. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. And I just don't think those guys are going to, you know, with the big rotation are going to be able to get it done. Uh, you know, from a DFS standpoint, even at value rates. And there's a lot of risk with those guys. So I like the two studs. I think Bam and uh, Butler, uh, probably not both, but one or the other. Uh, will, you know, I think they'll both really step up. And I think they attack this game uh, really hungry, you know, because they got beat by Denny Advia and, you know, Alex Land and all these guys. And they're, they're not going to sit. That's not going to sit well with them. Uh, as far as Washington goes, you know, Bill's so expensive and, and somewhat point dependent when Westbrook's on the floor because his assist ratio goes down. You know, so it's hard to pay up for him in a spot where Miami can throw some decent defenders and fresh defenders at him and make that rotation. So not going to play anybody on the Washington side, uh, but I do want to play a key guy or even two with Washington or uh, with Miami if I can make it work. Okay. We have one more 8 o'clock tip tonight, Coach. It's the Timberwolves and Thunder. This is a okay. pick em on BetUS. Yes. Uh, haven't had one of those in a while. We we haven't. And I think no. what they're saying here is just, you know, we don't know. With these two teams, um, you know. Um, they're trying to do anything they can to make it interesting so that they get more than six viewers, <laughs> which will be like the moms of some of the players, I think. this. Yeah, right. This is a stinky game. Yeah, some potential value, though, that I like. So in terms of the injuries, we've got Cat still out. Yeah. Wancho is questionable. D'Angelo Russell, questionable. Nas Reed, probable. And with the Thunder, we have Shea and Lou Dort out. Yeah. uh, Any value that you like here? I love it. You know, know, DFS was invented for... games like this that really you know we say you look at the game for face value and it's like oh my god what a terrible game this might be a key game because this is where i can scoop my value to get some of my guys like bam and levine in there i mean my eyeballs immediately go to diallo and Baisley for oklahoma city i think those are the two guys that step step up and and can smash diallo's explosive man and i know i think more ownership may go to Maladone. Everybody's excited about that guy, and he's okay, but I just think as far as ceiling, I'd like Diallo, and Baisley just gets better every game. I I really like that kid. If he can start making some outside shots like he has been, and he did in the last game, I mean, he can jump over the backboard, and he gets rebounds, blocks, uh, steals. He's quick. Um, I think he's a great value, and I think you'll see his price start leaking up more and more. So those are the two guys I look at there. On the Minnesota side, uh, D'Angelo is questionable, and that creates uh, the you know would 
if he doesn't play, then you, you may want to go with Anthony Edwards, who's sort of becoming a volume shooter now, and his price is still good. Uh, and then, you know, there's a few guys that are getting more minutes like Nas and, and such with, with the short uh, stack guys. But, you know, I could see myself grabbing a couple Thunder and possibly even Minnesota guy just as the value guys that can help make it work. It, it And it's a 220 total. That's not embarrassing. So uh, it'll be interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I like these uh, Thunder guys as well. Uh, Diallo and Baisley make a lot of sense to me. I also like Maladon, still cheap. And we know the Timberwolves are bad defensively. They're 21st. Yeah. Not scared of D'Angelo Russell or, or anybody else there. Um, you know, Rubio, he's lost a step. So I like uh, I like those starters. We'll see if Justin Jackson gets 30 minutes again. That's what he got last game when Lou Dort went down. And he's a, a cheap option. He'd be the fourth option for me. He's 3,200 on DraftKings. I'd rather um, play Janet Jackson. Yeah. Justin Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, so, Justin. He's an ex-Maverick, so sorry. Yeah. But all four guys there are the ones I'm circling as potential value plays tonight. Uh, but certainly Maladon, Diallo, and Baisley are my my favorites. Um, and, you know, just not quite as interested on the Minnesota side because I think Russell's going to play. You know, he's been, he had that questionable tag last game and played. So uh, I'm more likely to focus on the Thunder. I, I don't blame you. And if, if for our 20-somethings, if you don't know who Janet Jackson is, it's Michael's sister. And you call her Miss Jackson if you're nasty. Look that up. Go yeah, ahead. well, I mean, Super Bowl weekend, we had the the wardrobe malfunction. So, yes, um, yeah, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I guess you'd have to be in your 20s to not not know who Janet Jackson is. That's and it's very. I guarantee you, there are several people thinking, "What are you talking about? Move on." <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to move on to the Pistons and Suns at nine o'clock. Uh, Shane's Pistons are five and sixteen. And Okafor shot at Shane there five and six. Well, I just Ouch. I'm, I'm commiserating with him. I mean, it's painful. <laughs> uh, and now Okafor's out. Ellington's questionable, so he might not watch this game if Okafor's out. Um, on the uh, Suns side, we have Cameron Payne out, Crowder doubtful to likely out, and Abdel Nader questionable. Um, Let's see. Is it your turn to break this one down, or do I get this I, one? I'll go because right. it's going to take me like 8.6 seconds. First of all, Phoenix is playing Detroit. When Phoenix played Dallas the other day, Booker hit that game-winning shot. Speaking of Sugar Shane, I got the old text, Mavs got booked, and that stung. <laughs> so he better hope Booker doesn't get hot against the Pistons. Because right. there will be a repetition of uh, <laughs> Pistons got booked coming yeah. Shane if you're listening I don't like this game 24th and 29th pace uh, just spread out with Phoenix you can always talk about Grant he's always in play with his dominance but I just I don't want to spend that money so I pass okay yeah I'm not going to go with Phoenix with uh, all the three studs playing even though the Pistons are poor defensively um, but I am interested in Grant and I like his price Seven thousand and sixty-eight yeah. on Fanduel, and he is—he is tough. I have to say. Yeah, and and Crowder, one of the potential defenders, likely out. I mean, I know Mikael Bridges is solid, so he could give him some trouble. But I think at that price tag, uh, he's worth a look. I, I think they're going to run the offense through him. 
Oh, as they always usual. do. But Phoenix yep. is the second slowest team. That's what scared me. Yep. Yeah. All right. Last game of the night. This one Sweet. is exciting. Celtics and Clippers. Yeah. 10 o'clock tip. Uh, 220 total. Clippers favored by six and a half. A lot of news in this one. Uh, unfortunate that we get these two teams and we don't get Marcus Smart or Patrick Beverly uh, oh, getting after it with each other. They're both out tonight. They'll uh, find a way to argue on the sidelines, <laughs> I'm sure. They'll get exactly. teed from the both will get teed from the bench. Right. <laughs> uh, with Boston, we also have Jalen Brown questionable. He hasn't missed a game all year. And then Peyton Pritchard questionable. You know, they said on the broadcast that he almost was ready to play against Sacramento. So maybe he gets back in there tonight. Yeah. We also have Kemba back after he sat the last one out. So, you know, this is big news for me. If Jalen Brown is out, then Kemba and Tatum get a huge bump. Uh, you know, I like Tatum anyway, the way he's been playing. Almost had a triple-double against Sacramento. He was handling the ball a ton without Kemba. But uh, I still think he will be the focal point of the offense. Big surprise, even if Kemba's out there. But with Kemba, you know, I haven't been playing him much because of the minutes limit, but he did get 30 minutes last game. Should yeah. be rested here. Really good price, especially on FanDuel. Gets Reggie Jackson defense. So uh, Kemba's in the mix for me, and I, I'm going to like him a lot more if, if Jalen Brown is out. With the bigs for Boston, I want to mention that, uh, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, they have been going with two bigs lately with Tristan Thompson and Tice in the starting lineup without Marcus Smart. Right. And uh, those guys have been playing pretty well. They did well against Golden State. They did well against Sacramento. Tristan Thompson had a double-double. And listening to Coach Stevens after that game, he indicated that it, it, it will just depend on the matchups. Uh, you know, who's in there down the stretch? Because he was asked, you know, if Tristan Thompson was playing so well, why didn't he play at the end? Why was Tice out there? And yeah. it was just uh, matchups. And he said Tice was looking good. So that's the thing is um, with Robert Williams in that mix, that little trio, they're all at pretty good prices, but you can't lock any of them in for 30 minutes. So it's, it's a little bit tough to evaluate. But I, I do think those guys are worth looking at. And then on the Clipper side, uh, I do like Reggie Jackson on DraftKings at 4,900 yeah. in a bounce back spot. He'd had a dud against Cleveland, but, uh, you know, he, they just seem to be defeating Paul George that night who was hot. So I like uh, Reggie Jackson to bounce back. And uh, I'm going to have probably at least two guys from this game in most of my lineups. Interesting. Yeah. It, you know, this is an intriguing game. I, unfortunately, with at this podcast time, we don't know the status on on uh, Brown. And that changes everything for me. I mean, if Brown doesn't play, then I find a way to get Tatum in there. That's just my feeling, even with Kemba back. I mean, he just becomes so much of the focal point of everything they do with that usage being taken away from Brown if he sits. So we really have to have that news. And if I use Tatum, obviously, one of my other guys is going to get bumped of the higher salary uh, guys. But if Brown plays... Um, I, the only guy from Boston I'd even uh, consider here would be uh, Kemba, you know, because he does, like you stated uh, right on the nose there, he, he doesn't have to deal with Beverly defense. He's been playing much better of late and he's fresh, um, you know, so 
I like Kemba here. I think he's he's really a decent play, and his price is still pretty low, so you can squeeze him in there. Um, on the Clippers side, I agree. I, I'm shocked that we have the same agreements here because, you know, I got punched in the gut from old Mr. Jackson there, another Jackson, um, uh, Tito Jackson. Look that up, Jackson 5. Anyway, uh, he had a real dud against Cleveland, like you said. And a lot of that, though, is Cleveland, even though their backcourt stinks, they just slow the ball down and grind and work. And that's why Cleveland stays and wins some games. So I think this will be different. The Clippers aren't afraid to to push the ball a little bit. They're, you know, middle of the – well, the Clippers are actually low. They're 28. So I take uh, – so that's going to hurt on that side. But Boston is 17th. That's what I was trying to say. So they're more middle of the pack. You know, give uh, Jackson – he needs some space. He needs to be, you know, to accelerate. That's where he gets his buckets inside. And, you know, if – if they are uh, leaning, I think when Kemba with Kemba playing, his defense rank isn't good. I think that helps Jackson. So, you know, that's the guy I'd look at there as my most risky play. I think he's a great GPP play, but I may he may sneak in my cash game as a value guy. I don't like the big dogs from the Clippers here. I just think Boston has enough rotation and good defensive scheme to at least slow him down and. Let's face it, in games like this where there's no true positional uh, disadvantage or advantage, it's it's very neutral, I think that the two guys, Kawhi and George, share, you know, and getting both of those guys to 44 fantasy points doesn't, you know, blow your doors in. You need either one of them at their pricing to get over 50. So, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, this is going to be a game we really, really need to have that news I mean, that's going to shift everything and then, uh, you know, try to get a couple value guys in. Yeah. And, and uh, even if Brown is out, uh, don't feel like all of a sudden, oh, let's get one of these Clippers studs because whoever starts for Boston, their only focus is going to be playing defense against those guys, whether it's Semi Ojale, Javante Green, uh, you name it. So and those guys are, yep. are solid. Grant Williams, so, all of yeah. them. Yeah. All right. Well, there's our nine game slate. Uh, we've had a fun time breaking it down. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, jump in with us this this weekend. Grab that three-day membership. We'd love to have you with all the action. So, again, go to DFSCoachTalk.com, our website. Sign up for that three-day pass, and we'll send, send you an email to get you into our Discord. Uh, while you're here, if you're on YouTube, uh, we'd love a, a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We'd appreciate that, and uh, we're going to keep these podcasts coming seven days a week in front Absolutely. of the paywall. Coach, Can I give a few shout-outs real sure. quick? Um, first of all, if you haven't had a chance to see our tweet, just check us out at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, we had A.A. Featherstone, a new member from about a week and a half ago, posted some stuff. And, man, it's just awesome. You know, we got to talk, Austin and I, and he just great young man and just really embracing the Coach Talk process where we're, you know, we're putting a lot into cash games. We're building bankrolls. And he's just murdering it. So if you haven't had a chance uh, to to check that out, um, uh, take a look at our Twitter feed because there's there's really good information, and it's what we're all about here. It's you know we're looking uh, not just to provide players for you to play. We're you know want you to build an entire process of how you're doing it, and you know uh, that kind of thing. So uh, 
you know, check us out again with this new three day pass for 10 bucks. You know, it gives you a chance. And, you know, I'm happy to do some one on one discussions with, with you uh, to help you, you know, see which way you want to attack it. And if you agree with how we're doing things and then it gives you a chance to you know, take a good look. But I'm going to give a couple of real quick shout outs and then we'll go. Uh, these guys have been so active in Discord lately, and I really, really appreciate appreciate them. Oh, them a lot, and there are some new ones in there as well. Leonidas, like you said, my Yahoo buddy, Desmo Twenty One, who's one of our newer folks in there. Um, we also have uh, there's my picture of Tom Brady uh, with a walker making fun of Tom Brady. Sorry about that, but I do I love Tom Brady. He's awesome. Uh, X Pro Digi 07 Prodigy. Prodigy. Prodigy, is that what it yeah. says? Okay. Uh, all the wave off. Interesting. We we love him. He's been real active recently. Bear with me for a few more seconds here. I just want to get a few of them in there. Broncos fan 001. Of course. Uh, let's see. Last we'll do three more. There's just so many things in Discord anymore. You got to scan forever to get to people. Okay, C underscore Chatch, Deluxe. We love Deluxe. And the last one, how about we say hey to Mr. Lanny? Hey, Lanny. Of course. Our, Lanny. our first. Let's get, let's get that bread. First year long membership hosting the bread uh, gifts all the time, GIFs, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. So. That's it, man. Uh, appreciate you letting me get those shout outs. Check us out. Join in. I'll be solo action this weekend. So uh, so that I don't feel so alone, shoot me some YouTube questions or uh, Twitter at Joe Sarvati, whatever. Shoot them my way. I'll answer them on the pods as well. So that's it, my man. Great, sh great show today. Yeah. And by the way, check out the Super Bowl podcast if you haven't seen it yet. We posted that last night. Shane and I breaking it down. We gave some strategy tips as well for showdown contests on DraftKings and FanDuel. So it's a phenomenal uh, podcast. And I'll tell you, we, we teasing Shane earlier, but man, he was spot on. He was hitting this. He if brought he his A game. Inside info on the Super Bowl. Check out Shane and Andrew's podcast. It is sweet. And a couple of contrarian takes from Shane uh, on brand for Shane. That's what we expect. <laughs> All right. You didn't uh, mention Matthew Stafford during that time, did you? No, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> uh, I think the Rams won that deal. All right, uh, thank you all for tuning in. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.